There's a lie that I come across over and over again when it comes to homesteading. This lie causes people to fall into limiting beliefs and stops them from living their dreams. It's one of the biggest roadblocks that prevents someone from fully diving into homesteading. Do you know what it is? The number one lie that keeps you from fully jumping into homesteading is that you need more land, period. So today I wanna break it down for you, give you some actual numbers and prove that you don't need as much land as you think to live the lifestyle that God is calling you to. It might not look exactly how you pictured it, but you can do it and you can thrive in your homestead. So whether you're looking to buy a property or just working with what you have in your own backyard, tune in because this episode is going to be chock full of important information to maximize your homestead with less space. Hey mama, welcome to the farm family table where you can find encouragement and practical tips for living the healthy homesteading life that God is calling you to. Hi, I'm Jocelyn, farm wife and mom of two littles. I know that you want to provide the best food for your family while being more self-reliant. And I believe there's a way to start homesteading with less stress, more joy, and more time focusing on what matters most, faith and family. Want to learn how? Join me as we build our homesteads together. So pop in those earbuds and start that load of laundry because we're about to dive in. Hey ladies, I'm so excited for you to join me for today's episode. I'm so ready to bust down the number one lie that might be holding you back from homesteading. But before we get into that, I have a big announcement. Coming soon, we are adding bonus Q&A episodes as part of our free weekly content for busy homestead moms like you. If you have a burning question about starting homesteading, cooking from scratch, gardening, or anything in between, send me an email at contact at farmfedfamily.com to get your question featured on the show. I can't wait to hear from you. So to start off today's topic, I want to read a Facebook post that I came across a couple weeks ago that really illustrates how prevalent this number one lie is. So the original poster says, so is this homestead life only for the rich now? Land prices are insane. It's always been a dream of mine to buy a cute little home with a bunch of land. I feel God pulling me towards it, but it seems not in the cards for my life anymore. We are up for moving, but unsure where. We live in an HOA subdivision that's just not for me. We want our space and room to grow and raise animals. I'm just so sad that it looks like it'll never happen for us and that we miss the window to live our dream. This honestly makes me so sad that so many people have this belief and that it's preventing them from reaching their dreams and living out what they believe God has called them to. I understand that land and housing prices are insane in a lot of places. I'm not saying that's not true. And I definitely want to do a later episode on how to afford land and to expand your homestead. But owning a bunch of land is not a prerequisite for starting a homestead or for growing your homestead or even in a lot of cases, even raising animals. And it's one thing for me to just say all that, but I really want to get into the nitty gritty today and give you some real numbers so you can get a practical look at what you really need and show you how to reach your goals with less land. 
So I'm gonna be breaking up this content by how much land you need to pursue different homesteading interests and by what you actually want to accomplish. So the first goal that we're gonna talk about is growing a garden to feed a family. So I'd say this is probably where most people start. They wanna start with a garden. And a lot of people have the goal to have a big enough garden to be able to feed their family for at least most of the year. You can absolutely do this in a backyard if you have a decent yard of any size. The general recommendation is 200 square feet of garden space to feed one person year round. So I read that quite a few different places when I was doing research for this. In my personal opinion and in my own gardening experience, that's not enough space to grow enough food to last a year. It's just not a lot of margin there. You know, things have to be planted really close together and it's really banking on you having largely successful crops. So if it's a really dry year, if it's a year where you experience a lot of pests or disease in your plants, you're not going to get the same yield and you're probably not going to be able to grow enough to feed your family in that small of a space unless your plants are really thriving and producing. So if your family eats a lot of vegetables, I think at least 600 to 800 square feet per person is more realistic if your goal is to grow enough food to cook entirely from scratch and to last you all the way through the winter. We do have a short growing season where we live in northern North Dakota, but you can get around this a little bit if you live further south by doing something called succession planting, which is basically planting and growing in intervals. So as soon as one crop is finished, you remove it and then you plant another that's harvested later. So you can have a really early spring plant. It'll go through midsummer. You harvest it, you pull it out, you plant something midsummer, and then you'll harvest it in the fall. Again, in order for that to work, you do have to have a long enough growing season. Another tip, if you have a really small space that you're trying to work with is plants that like to spread out and need a lot of space. So for example, winter squash or watermelons, they can be interplanted with other smaller crops that can be harvested early. So if you interplant it with something that can be harvested midsummer, and then that squash and watermelon isn't going to be ready to harvest until later, they can kind of overlap a little bit because they're not going to be trying to compete for that space at the same time. You can also try growing things vertically in planters or for example, tomatoes on steaks. Those are just some different hacks that you can try if you're working in a small space. And I am going to do another episode on maximizing garden space. So I'm not gonna go super in depth to all those things in this episode, but the bottom line is most homeowners have the space in their backyard to grow a good portion of their vegetables but there might have to be some sacrifice there. You might lose some of your lawn. You might have to get rid of some of your landscaping to accommodate your gardening, or you might even have to get rid of your kid's swing set. If you really are in a place where you only have so much space in your backyard, you have to make a call on what your priorities are. So some of those other conveniences that you enjoy might have to go in place of adding that extra square footage to your garden. I do also want to point out that growing all your own food is a huge undertaking. 
and it's not a bad goal, but it's also not really where you should be starting as a beginner. So if you're somebody that wants to get into homesteading and you think you need to have this massive garden to grow all your own food, take a few steps back and just start small. Start with that small garden in your backyard and then from there you can build it and grow and then maybe someday you'll need a bigger space. But you can buy yourself some time and learn some skills in the meantime. And another compromise might be maybe you grow some of your food and then buy the rest in bulk at the farmer's market and then you can process that for the winter. So you're not trying to use your small space to grow all of your food. You're just trying to use that space to grow what you would consume fresh in the summer, fall, and then as far as storing food for the winter, you're maybe buying that in bulk from a different source. You are going to grow as you learn and you'll get better at gardening and you'll get more creative with your space as you go too. It's pretty challenging as a very beginner gardener to work in a space that's too crowded. You're trying to overlap your plants. You're trying to do succession planting. That just adds another layer of challenge to the gardening experience. So that's why I say start small as you gain more expertise in gardening, you'll be able to get a little more creative with the space that you do have. Okay, the other piece that I wanna talk about is raising animals. And a lot of times when people talk about they need more land, they need more space, it's because they want to have animals. So I've broken this up by size because when you're talking about space, the size of the animal is what matters most. So we'll talk about raising small animals, moderate sized animals, and large animals, and how that impacts the space you're going to need for your homestead. So small animals would include chickens, turkeys, rabbits. Those are probably the most common small animals that you might have on your homestead. We're gonna talk most specifically about chicken, but you can research rabbits and other animals. A lot of times your local university extension offices will provide really good data on a lot of this info that I'm gonna be sharing. They can tell you exactly how much space you're gonna need to raise that animal. If you are interested in small backyard animals, do know that a lot of cities allow for up to four chickens in your backyard. So you don't even necessarily have to be looking at a property in the country to be able to raise chickens or rabbits in your backyard but you do wanna check into your local regulations for that because I know there are some stipulations there. Sometimes you have to get a permit. Sometimes it's very specific about the size of your coop, where it has to be built, those types of things. So you'll wanna look into that before you just jump in. General guidelines is you're going to need about four square feet of coop space plus five to 10 square feet of run space per chicken. So you're looking at about at least 10 square feet of total space per chicken. So if you're living in city limits and your cities allow chickens, let's say up to four, you should have at least 40 square feet dedicated for four chickens. Again, that is very doable, but you are gonna need to be mindful of where those chickens are located. You'll probably have to set up some fencing and you'll wanna make sure that they're not too close to your garden. Your moderate sized animals would be goats, sheep, pigs, anything that's kind of in that mid range. You're going to need a little more space 
for these animals and you are going to need a property outside of city limits. We're going to talk about goats first because I know that is a popular animal for homesteaders. According to the University of Florida Extension, goats require 16 square feet of barn space and 25 to 50 square feet of active space for a minimum total of 400 square feet. And that's just for one goat. So animals like goats and sheep and even horses and cows, which we'll talk about in a minute for our larger animal, they do best when they're in herds. So that means you're going to need at least two. So really you're looking at about 800 square feet if you want to have a couple of goats. They can live in a smaller space than that, as small as 200 square feet, if they're eating mostly feed and hay versus grazing, but it's really not going to be best for them. They're not going to be able to live their best life in that small of an area and living only on feed. Sheep are similar. Oklahoma State Extension says that ewes need about 12 square feet of barn space, plus grazing space would also be necessary. Again, you're going to have to get more than one. So looking at similar square footage between goats and sheep, Pigs require less space. Penn State Extension recommends a minimum of eight square feet per pig, which is way less than either of those. I personally think that's really low, but pigs do need less space because they prefer to root around versus run around and graze. Pigs mostly lay around and eat. But one thing that you really should be aware of, if you want to go down the road of getting pigs and you have a small space, yes, the pigs themselves don't need a lot of space, but you are going to have to deal with manure management. And if you have a small property, you could end up doing a lot of cleaning. But in the grand scheme of things, all these numbers that I've shared for small and moderate sized animals are very doable if you have a moderate sized property right outside of city limits. You don't need to have big sprawling farmland to have the garden, have the small animals or the moderate sized animals. Now, when we get into talking about large animals, I am gonna change my tune a little bit. So large animals, we're talking more cows and horses. It gets a little bit more complicated because you're probably looking at more like one to eight acres or possibly more depending on pasture quality, because the animals are larger, they need more space to move around, and you're looking at grazing as a food source. If you plan to primarily feed and not graze, you'll be looking at about 4,500 square feet per animal, and that's more so speaking to horses. And again, horses and cows are both herd animals, so you're gonna have to look at getting more than one. If you want to graze your animals or produce your own feed for them, it is going to require a significant amount of land. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. And you'll really have to think about if the cost is worth it for you. And it's going to depend on the property you can find. It's going to depend on where you want to live. There definitely are rural areas where you can live and this is totally doable. You can accomplish this. If you wanna move to middle of nowhere, rural North Dakota, yeah, you can have your cows and your horses and everything else that you want and you'll be able to afford it. But most people aren't willing to do that. 
you know, they want to have a place that's not so remote, not so cold. So you have to think about those things too. And what it boils down to is ultimately what is your dream? If you have a dream of owning large animals, maybe you need to add a business model aspect to it. So instead of just raising a couple cows for your family, maybe you're planning on having a small pasture area where you can raise five to 10 cows. And then when you butcher those, you know, that's helping pay for some of those land costs. That being said, having larger livestock is a lot of work and you're probably not going to be making a profit. You're probably just going to be breaking even on the cost of owning those animals and the cost of the land. But it's whatever is worth it for you. Unfortunately, this is one reality. It really is only for the rich to be able to buy land, feed, and create shelter, so build a barn to raise only a couple cows or horses. If that's your dream, you probably have to rethink what you want that to look like. But that's pretty much the exception. The other things that we've talked about are very doable on a small scale and even right in your own backyard. So I do wanna leave you with some scenarios for square feet and just thinking about how much property you actually need to accomplish these things. And then I wanna give you some homework that you can work through. So let's say you wanna have a garden to feed your family of four and raise four backyard chickens. To do that, you'll need about 2,040 square feet. If you have bigger dreams of gardening, having chickens, meat rabbits, maybe medium to larger animals like goats, you're gardening for a family of four, you have four laying hens, four meat rabbits, and two goats. You would need 2,852 square feet. So here's your homework. Before you put your sights on buying land, set your goals. What do you really want to be able to accomplish on your homestead? Map out your backyard, find the square footage, and see if you can work with what you've got. You might have to change your expectations a little bit. It might be out of your budget to buy a sprawling farmstead in the country. But I want you to think about, is that really what you need? I know that might be the idealistic picture you have in your head, but practicality might have to take priority over preferences, at least for now. And if it's still out of your budget, Start small with plans to move later if you can. Starting small is better than not starting at all. What you don't wanna do is get caught up in this number one lie that you need to have more land to homestead. So start where you're at, trust God that he will grow it as you go. Okay, ladies, I hope you found today's episode super practical. We dove into a lot of technicals today. I hope this changed your mind about the number one lie that holds so many people back from homesteading. Make sure to do your homework, draft some goals for your homestead, and roll up your sleeves, do the math, and actually figure out what you need, not just what you want in your homestead property. I hope you loved today's episode. I pray that you leave this episode encouraged in Christ and equipped with practical knowledge for your homestead. If that's you, will you take 30 seconds right now to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts? Your review blesses me so much and helps other mamas find this podcast and start their homesteading journey. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to talk to you next week.